Amen. So this morning, I want to talk to you about another topic which flew out of, which came out of our study through the book of Mark. As you know, we are going through the book of Mark, and three weeks ago, we came to the unpardonable sin. The sin that happened, that Jesus spoke to these scribes which came from Jerusalem. These very clever people came down and they said, You are, you are casting out demons in the name of Beelzebub, the Lord of Flies. This is what you do. And Jesus turned to them and he warns them and he says, There is a sin that cannot be forgiven. And as you would remember in that message what we said, that sin can't be done today because Jesus was on the earth and today it's not the same. But it can happen in another generation which will come. Now that is what we've looked at. And then it flowed into the next sermon last week when we spoke about not grieving the Holy Spirit. you remember that? Don't quench the Spirit of God. Now I just want to say, brother and sister, I am by far not the final voice on all of these matters because these matters are well researched and well preached right through the church history. But one thing we do in this church is we follow the Word of God. Is that right? We see what God says about it. This is what we want to do. Now before we go back to Mark, I thought the next one that we need to talk about is the Holy Spirit. And it is about when and how do we receive the Holy Spirit. That's a good topic, isn't it? When and how do we receive the Holy Spirit. A few times over the last few weeks, I've quoted the verse where Jesus said, I will pray the Father, and He will send you another Helper. You remember that verse? The Spirit will be with you and in you forever. Forever. Last week we saw that Jesus is not going to give us the Holy Spirit and then take it away and give it and take it away and give it and take it away. It comes and He lives in you forever. This is once you are born again. That's a distinction. You need to understand that. Because in that same verse it says that the world will not receive the Spirit of God. Now we've got a lot on your plate today and I want you to concentrate because I've got a lot of scripture verses for you. Is that okay? I was going to do it anyway. But you've got to follow on this. How and when do we receive the Holy Spirit? We've got so many teachers in the world. I come out of some of those. Where people say that when you are born again, you, you bow and you confess your sin and the Lord saves your soul. That's not necessarily when you get the Holy Spirit. You need to wait a couple of weeks or maybe it happens after you are water baptized. Some people say in circles that speaking in tongues is a sign of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. You've heard that, haven't you? Now we're going to unpack all of that today. And all we're going to do is go back to the Word of God. We're going to follow the Word of God. I've got a lot of uh, diagrams on the board for you and a lot of scripture verses, so let's dive right into it. First of all, let's open up in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. Now this is Jesus speaking to these people. John chapter 7, uh, beg your pardon, our verse is 1, we'll get to Ephesians, but we open up first in John chapter 7. John chapter 7, New Testament. Now, this is the Feast of Booths that happened in Jerusalem. At the Feast of Booths, all of the Jews all over the world started gathering in Jerusalem. And they will have a feast there, celebrating what happened to them when they came through the wilderness. And on the last day of this feast, the priest will go onto the temple, stand on the steps, and have a pitcher there, empty of water, and symbolically wash their hands in water. That was a symbol they did. Jesus was standing that day just on the side of the temple, and this is what he said. I want you to understand and pay close attention to what he says. He says, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. If anyone thirst, he was not talking about a physical thirst, he was talking about a spiritual thirst here. Understand this. He said, if you are thirsty, come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, everybody say believeth. He that believeth on me, what will happen? 
as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. I think Siri wants to preach with us here this morning. He says, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Now, if you think about this, it doesn't make sense, is it? Have you ever seen rivers of living water flowing out of people physically? No, it doesn't. If that's going to happen, we say they are, excuse the word, but they are puking. Okay, this is not what it means. It's a spiritual sense that he's talking to them here. He says, if you are thirsty, come unto me, and if you believe... What will happen out of your belly? There will come these rivers of living water. In verse 39 he says, But this he spoke. What did he mean? This he spoke of what? The Spirit, which they that believe, everybody say believe. believe. They that believe on him should receive. So who will receive the Spirit? They that believe on him would receive the Spirit. Now, now, he says this now. For the Holy Ghost, King James Version, Holy Spirit, New, uh, New King James Version, the Holy Ghost has not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Think about that verse. What is he saying? Let me explain to you. So we've got at the center the cross. Remember the cross is the center of our teaching. The cross of Christ is the center of your whole gospel. It's the center of the whole Bible, it's the cross. This is where it happens. Now, when Jesus stood on the steps there, he said the Spirit wasn't received, given yet, because Jesus was not yet glorified. In John chapter 17, we find Jesus praying a prayer. And in this prayer, he says there, he spoke to the Father, and he says to the Father, in John 17, verse 1, he says, He lifted his eyes up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son. See that? He says, glorify your Son. Now, here he says, they could not, it was not yet given because Jesus was not glorified yet. And in John 17, before he went to the cross, he says, Father, glorify your Son and then he says in verse 5, And now, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had, you see, past tense, with you before the world was. What does it mean? It means that Jesus had to die. He had to die on the cross. He had to be resurrected, and he had to ascend on heaven to be glorified. It says it right there. He says, with the glory which I had, it was God the Son who came down and lived on the earth as a man who had to go back to the Father, that means he was glorified. This is important to understand. Why? Because Jesus said that day, the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. But the moment he died, he was resurrected, he went up in heaven. What happened then? The Holy Spirit was then given. The Holy Spirit was given. The key here for us to understand is the Holy Spirit came after the death of Christ. After the death of Christ. Now, I understand that people and theologians say, but wait a minute, what about the Old Testament? You see, this is the Old Testament before the cross is the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. In the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, we see that the prophets operated in the power of the Holy Spirit. They prophesied, didn't they? And it's the Holy Spirit that came over them to prophesy. And we see David. David is really an interesting man. If you study him, he's a type of Christ. Now David also had the Holy Spirit come to him, like King Saul. But here is the thing, brother and sister, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit didn't come to stay. He came, he did his work, and then he went. He came and he did his work, and then he went. He didn't come and inhabited them and stayed with them like us in the New Testament. When he says he will be with you and in you forever. In the Old Testament, he didn't work that way. This is why 
When we read a passage like Psalm 51, which a lot of people say this is proof that the Holy Spirit can come and go out of the New Testament saint, they use this as proof, but it's not. It is in the Old Covenant when the Spirit did come and go. This is why a man like David could say, Lord, create in me a clean heart. What did he do? He did two of the worst sins that you can do. He was unfaithful. He was unfaithful to God. He saw Bathsheba and he took another man's wife, fornicated. The second thing he did, he committed murder. He sent a husband to the front of the war to be killed. Two of the worst things you can do in, under the old covenant. And what did he say? He says, Lord, this man needs a new heart. Barah created me a new heart. And then he says these words. He says these words we, we sing in a song. Psalm 51 verse 11. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. We all know that verse, don't we? Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Remember, it's in the Old Covenant. Where these things happen. Case in example. King Saul. King Saul is the man which the nation chose to be the king between them and God. And what happened? He sinned. He disobeyed God. And what happens? Instead of doing what King David did, fall on his knees, hid his heart and say, create me a new heart. He became more hardened. And what happened? The Spirit of God departed from him. David says, don't let that happen to me. Brother and sister, here in the New Testament, we see that the Spirit came after Christ died onto the earth to inhabit the children of God. Who? Those who believe. He says that they that believe should receive the Holy Ghost. Amen? So the key here is, the Holy Spirit came after the death of Christ. Let Paul explain it to us, okay? Paul explains it to us in Galatians chapter 3. See how he puts it. Exactly the same that Jesus said on that day of the feast. Galatians 3 verse 2, the only, this only I want to learn from you. He writes this to the Galatians. Did you receive the Spirit? Question. By the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Question. Question to cut him down this morning to you. Did you receive the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, by the workings of the law or by the hearing of faith? This is a critical key in our understanding, in our, this is critical for the child of God to understand how God saves a soul and then seals the soul with the Spirit of God. Because if you look at our line then again in the Old Testament, it was all by the works of the law. And as I've explained to you already, that the Spirit came and He went. This is why David says, please don't let it go. But in the New Testament, how do we receive it? How do we receive it? By the hearing of faith. Again, I go back to what Jesus said. He says, this waters of the living water, they will spoke of the Spirit which they believe should uh, receive. And he says it right here, by the hearing of faith. And again, he writes it to Ephesians. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. This, by the way, should be underlined in your Bible. Not un only underlined in your Bible, you should actually learn the scripture off by heart. You should repeat it like a parrot. This is how wonderful the scripture is. He says, for by grace you have been saved through what? Through faith. You see, he asked the question to Galatians, tell me, tell me guys, did you receive the Spirit by works or by faith? Now he says to the church in, in Ephesus and to the church here in Karam Down, he says, hey, let's, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit, you receive it through grace by faith. That not of yourself, it is a gift of God. Everybody say gift. Have you received a gift in your life? Did you pay for it? The moment you paid for it, it's no longer a gift because you had to work to get money to pay for it. This is not by works. It is by faith, he says it to them. Not of words, let no one should boast. 
brother and sister, listen to me. It is critical to understand the divide in the dispensations. The dispensation of law and the dispensation of grace. There is so many people who still preach to you to get you under the dispensation of law. Then you can go and do that and work. But listen, you will not receive the Holy Spirit like it's received in the new dispensation. So the key here is we receive the Holy Spirit by hearing of faith. After Jesus died, it was poured out, and now we receive it after the hearing of faith. Right, everybody's still with us. Now let's continue. So I want now to take you, let's look at how people Holy Spirit, okay? There's six cases that I'm going to put in front of you, and it's a lot of reading. I'm going to go quickly through that. If you fall behind, put up your hand. I'll stop. I'll slow down. Okay? But this is important. Now look at these people, how they received the Holy Spirit. We start in John chapter 20. In John chapter 20, the narrative flows into this where Jesus Christ was already crucified. They laid Him in the tomb. The men got together. They were afraid of the Jews. They locked the doors. They come together, they don't know what to do. Then, Jesus appears in the midst of them, behind the closed doors, and He says to them, come, feel, feel the wounds, put your hands in wounds, feel it's me. And then this happened, John 20, verse 21. So Jesus said to them, peace to you. Oh, wonderful is the peace of Christ, amen? Have you got the peace of Jesus? That's the peace you need. And then this coronavirus won't fear you. And hey, let me tell you, if the coronavirus comes and it laid, it lays his hands on your life and he took, takes it away, guess where you're going? To the peace of Christ. Amen? But here, he says, Jesus said to them, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, now notice here, brother and sister, when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. What did He do? He breathed on them. It is amazing these days how many people grab this and they call people out and they breathe on them. And they say, This is how you receive the Holy Spirit. Come out, come out, come out. Have you heard about slain in the Spirit? Have you heard that concept? Or well, they lay hands on them and they push them over. <sniffs> Boom. And here is what Jesus, Jesus did it. So we can't deny this. But we need to understand this. In the key to understand the Word of God is context, 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 context. Let's put this now in context. Again, the key here is He breathed on them. Here, the main word, they were Jews. Jesus came, He breathed on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. The key here is to understand is that these men were Jews. They were not Gentiles. Okay? So He breathed on them as Jews. That's the first time it happens when He did this. Now, let's go to a second one. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, we find on the day of Pentecost... He had fully come, and there were a lot of men in one accord, in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. It was like a mighty rushing wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting, and they appeared to vie tongues of fire, and they sat each one of them. And then in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, he says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. We know that this is Pentecost. They were all filled. It looked like tongues of fire sitting on them. And they began to speak in other tongues, and the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem. Key point here, in Jerusalem they were dwelling devout Jews. He says, first of all, they were dwelling who? Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Okay? This is key to understand. So Jews came, again they came for the feast to Jerusalem from all over the world. The Jews ascended upon Jerusalem. They were devout. That's why they went to Jerusalem. And when they came out, these men were speaking in other tongues. And when the sound occurred, the multitude come together, and they were so confused because everyone heard them speaking in what? In his own language. 
This is not brubble, brubble, brubble tongues that they've heard. They were speaking each one in their own language. In whose language? They were speaking, the people who were in one accord up in the room, which were the 11 apostles. Remember, Judas Iscariot wasn't there anymore. But 11 apostles came out as well, speaking in tongues. And that tongues was of these Jews who was in Jerusalem. They heard them speak in their own language. Then they were all amazed. And they said, look, we are not all these uh, speaking Galileans. And how is it that we hear in your own language which we were born? Interesting, I haven't got it up there, but there's roughly 11, 11 countries mentioned there where these people came from. How many apostles were there? 11. Go and count that. 11 countries were there. Devout men. Jews. Not Gentile Jews. They spoke different languages. These 11 came out and they started speaking in their language. And what did they do? They glorified God. This was the amazing thing. It wasn't brabble, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't brabble. Look at Acts chapter 2, 14. All of this is happening now. Peter stands up with the 11. Not with 12, with the 11. Judas wasn't there. He raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. What did he do? He preached the gospel from there on. In verse 33 he says, Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured this out which you now see and hear. So he tells them what happened. You see all these men speaking in tongues? All these people, it looks like this mighty rushing wind. This is what Jesus Christ promised us. And this is what you are seeing. Now, let's continue on quickly to verse 36. Therefore, all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, the Lord and Christ. Now, when they've heard this, they were cut to the heart. They were cut to the heart. What was Peter? Was he a Jew or a Gentile? He was a Jew. He was preaching to Jews. So they were cut to the heart. He said to them, you killed your own. You killed the Messiah. This is what he was telling them. So this cut them. And, Peter, and uh, they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now I want you to pay attention to what he says. In verse 38. Peter said to them, what's the first word? Come on, everybody shout it out. Repent. Repent. Let it be known there's no salvation without repentance. Listen to people's testimonies when they testify. If they can't come to the point and say that I've acknowledged that I'm a sinner and I've sinned against God, they haven't repented. The first thing he says to these Jews, to these devout men, he says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And then what will happen? You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all afar of as many as the Lord can. Now I want you to pay notice. The first Jews were baptized, were received the Spirit by what? Breathing on them. You remember that? These men, the key here is they had to repent. They had to be baptized. This is water baptism. And after they were water baptized, what happened? They received the Holy Spirit. Now these churches will say, number one, if you want to receive the Holy Spirit, come to the front, we breathe over you. That's how you receive the Holy Spirit. Second group comes to you and says, no, no, no. You can come and repent of your sin, and then you have to be water baptized, then you will receive the Holy Spirit. And they've got a scripture verse, don't they? But the key here is, brother and sister, these were... Jews. It wasn't talking to Gentiles. Let me explain this to you. Again, we go back to our timeline. The cross is the center. Remember what I said a few weeks ago? Big parts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is still under the Old Testament. Because it says in Hebrews that a New Testament only comes into effect when the testator dies. When did Jesus die? He died there. I would say the last two chapters of Matthew is the New Testament. 
The first chapters before Jesus died spoke all about the law and how Jesus was the fulfillment of the law. That's a transition part of it. But there's a bigger book here that I need to explain to you. And this is this book of Acts. Because Acts is a transition book. Acts starts right here when the Holy Spirit was poured out. In fact, right about there, before the Spirit was poured out, Jesus appeared to the men and He breathed on them. You remember that? It was Jews. Then as you go away from Acts and go all the way down here, you find Paul. And from Romans to Philippians, he speaks to the Gentiles. So Peter preaches to the Jews and Paul preaches to the Gentiles. Once you get down to Paul, the doctrine of receiving the Holy Spirit is set in stone. Before this is a transition. First he breathed on them. But when these men came, Peter didn't stand there and say, Oh, you want to receive the Holy Spirit? Everybody come to the front, let me breathe on you. Did he say that? Did he say that any one of the apostles is going to do that? How is it in these days that you get self-proclaimed apostles who breathe on people? It's an error. They don't understand the Scriptures. Here we find it now. So here we find a transition taking place. You know, in Romans chapter 11, verse 13, Paul says himself, For I speak to you, the Gentiles, is as much as I'm apostle to the Gentiles. So he's an apostle to the Gentiles and Peter is to the Jews. And here he speaks to Jews, Peter. He says to them, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It's water baptism, and then you receive the Holy Spirit. But first you had to repent. First you had to repent. Now, let me just quickly, as a side note here, as talk about the tongues, okay? Because there's a group of people who say that speaking in tongues is evidence of baptism in the Holy Spirit. You've heard that, haven't you? Again, if we put it in your timeline, it makes sense. Look at this. Why tongues? Why was tongues spoken there, which is languages? And speaking to, you see, speaking tongues is a sign of receiving the Holy Spirit. This is what people say. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22... Paul writes to the church in Corinthians, he says, for the Jews request what? They request a sign. You read all about the Jews. They always seek a sign. John chapter 7, they follow Jesus and they say, you know, this manna that came from heaven, this manna that Moses gave us, he says, the manna didn't give it to you, God gave it to you. They said, what signs, what signs can you show us? They always seek a sign, the Jews. Now, whenever you see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the Jews want a sign. And God gave them a sign. What did He give them? He gave the, si the, the Jews the signs of languages, of tongues. Look at this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 22, he says, this is again Paul writing to the Corinthians. He says, therefore, tongues are for what? It's for a sign. Tongues is for a sign, not to those who believe but to the unbelievers. Tongues is a sign to the unbelievers, not to those who believe. So what happened on this big day when it was, the Spirit came upon the people? They were devout Jews in Jerusalem. They looked at these men. They came out and they spoke in their languages. It was a sign to them. They were the unbelievers at that point in time. They didn't accept Jesus Christ at that point in time. But who spoke the languages? Who spoke it? It was the believers. Those who believe will receive the Spirit of God. So the key here is, at this point in time, round about here, Peter spoke to these men and he said, you have to be baptized in water, then you will receive the Holy Spirit. But let's continue on. Acts chapter 8. We find a different situation now. And now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem, I'm fast forwarding you through it. Everybody still with me? Okay, so when the apostles who were at Jerusalem, now by the way, as we're going to go on now, you will see we're going further and further away from the cross towards Paul, okay? So this was in Acts, the first one, and now we're going further into Acts chapter 8. So this happens around about here, and this is going to prove that Acts is a, book of trans is a transition book, okay? So, Acts 8 verse 14. I just need to get some breath, man. Calm down, let's preach it. Acts 8.14, he says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem, again, they were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria, Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John. Are these two, what are they? They are Jews. They're going to Samaria. Samaria's half Jews. It's a mix. 
Okay? Now they sent him to Samaria, verse 15, who when they had come down, prayed for them. They came to these people, they prayed for them, that they might what? Receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet it had fallen on them. The Spirit had not fallen on them. They had only been baptized in what? The name of the Lord Jesus. And then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. This is interesting. These men down in Samaria, they received the Lord Jesus, they were baptized, but they didn't receive the Holy Spirit. So Peter and John comes down there, prayed for them, laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So what is the key here? The key here is they prayed and they laid hands on them, but let it be known, it was again Jews. He was doing it to Jews. It wasn't Gentiles. And now there's a group of people who say, oh, you received the Holy Spirit by everybody come to the front and we lay hands on you and this is how you receive the Holy Spirit. And that they've got their formula and you can't find the Spirit. Some say we breathe on you. Some say you have to be baptized to receive the Holy Spirit. Some say you need to be hands laid on. And they've all got scripture verses, don't they? And if they open up that, this scripture verse and you sit there, you go, yeah, it's right. But you've got to put it in context. Now let's move on. Again, on your timeline, we move a little bit further towards Paul. We find another man here, which is really interesting. Philip, full of the Holy Spirit. This is now in Acts chapter uh, 8. There is a man who came to Jerusalem, a Enoch. He was not a Jew. But he came, but he read the Scriptures. And when he was at the feast, he heard about Jesus Christ dying. And while he's on his chariot, on his way back to Ethiopia, Philip came alongside the chariot. And this man, he heard the man say, I can't understand these things. Who can tell me these things? In Acts chapter 8 verse 35, then Philip opened his mouth and began at the scripture. He preached Jesus to them. He preached the gospel. Now as they went down the road, what did he say to them? He said to them, when you go back into the book of uh, Isaiah, he talks about the lamb that was slain for us. That is what he explained to them. So he preached the gospel. And as they went on, he saw water. And he says, what hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said to him, if you what? There's our word again. If you believe. Now we need to qualify that word. It comes with repentance. It comes with being born again, Okay. If you believe, because everybody can say, I believe. I, I can just stand up there and say, I believe, and then I'm going to receive. No, no. You have to be born again. Okay, now he says, and if with all your heart, you may. And he answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and he went down into the water. So what happened? Around about here, there is Philip. He comes onto the Enoch, and he says, I believe, and he gets baptized. This is the first now that happens with a Gentile. The key here is he believed, then he was baptized. He was the first Gentile. Okay, so we move on. Acts chapter 10, we're going a little bit further now. Now here again is Peter. And it's interesting that when we look at Peter, he was the apostle to the Jews, but he also spoke to some Gentiles. Here we find one of those, Cornelius. In Acts chapter 10 verse 42, And as he commanded us to preach to people and testify that this is he ordained God to be judge of the living and the dead. Verse 43, To him all the prophets witnessed. What did they witness? Through his name, whoever, everybody say the word, believes in him will receive what? The remission of sin. You see how wonderful is the gospel of Christ? Brother and sister, do you see how wonderful is the gospel of Christ? He who believes will receive the remission of sin. You don't have to be water baptized now to receive the water, the remission of sin. Oh, this will shake a few people's theology right here, what I just said. But it's the truth. He who believes. Now, I'm not by far saying the water baptism is not important. I've preached about it before. Go and listen to the message that I've preached. It is important. It is a sign to the world of a burial that took place. I'm not going to re-preach that. But here he says this. He says, 
To him all the prophets witness that through his name all who believes in him will receive the Spirit. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. Praise the Lord! Hallelujah! What happened here? They weren't baptized, were they? Like the Jews had to be baptized and then they received the Holy Spirit. While he was speaking to them, while he was speaking to them, the Spirit started falling onto these people. And those of the circumcision, the Jews, who, the, who believed and were astonished. Uh, and as many came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit has been poured out on the Gentiles also. But it was different than the Jews. Can you see that? It's different than on the Jews. In verse 46 he says, For they heard them speak in tongues and magnify God. Why did they speak in tongues? It wasn't for the unbelievers, remember. Uh, it was for the unbelievers. But listen, who was there? There were Jews there as well. It was a sign. It's not to say that it is a sign for us that we've received the Spirit. They were speaking in tongues there as well. Um, then Peter answered and said, Can anyone forbid water that these should be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? What is the key here? They believed, the Spirit fell on them, tongues was a sign, and then they were baptized. You see how it flips over? When he spoke to the Jews, Peter, he says, repent, water baptism, Holy Spirit. These men, he preached the gospel, the Spirit fell upon them, water baptism. Can you see that? Transitional book. It changes. It changes. Now, we are nearly there, okay? Are you still here with me? Let's go to Acts chapter 19. We go a little bit further down the line now, away from the cross. Now this is, this is interesting. Because uh, he says here in verse 19, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, remember Paul preached to Gentiles. But here is an interesting thing that happens here. Having passed through the upper regions of Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? This is what we believe, isn't it? This is what happened to Cornelius. When you believed that you received the Holy Spirit. Did you receive it? So they said to him, we have not as much heard that there is the Holy Spirit. What are you talking about, Paul? We don't hear about the Holy Spirit. What's going on here? He said to them, into what were you baptized? So they said to them, into John's baptism. What baptism is that? It's water baptism. They were water baptized. So these were Jews. John the Baptist. These were Jews. Gentiles weren't baptized by John the Baptist. And now Paul comes across these Jews. Then Paul said to, to John, uh, uh, let, let me just grab, let, let me just breathe. Verse 4, then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Who is this? Jews. And again, he laid hands on the Jews. And what happened? They started prophesying, and they started speaking in tongues. Important. Six times that it shows us how the Spirit was poured out. Now the question is, how and when then do we receive the Holy Spirit today? Given you six. One, to the, the Jews, he breathed on them. This was Jesus. Pentecost happened, the Spirit was poured out. And what happened? He says, repent, baptize, Holy Spirit. Then they went around, they laid hands on them. Paul laid hands on them. But here is the key, that, that when, when Peter went to Cornelius, while he was preaching the gospel, they received the Holy Spirit. Then they were baptized. Now, brother and sister, pay attention now. How do we receive the Holy Spirit today and when? Let's look at the Bible. Now we're going to Paul. And I'm so sad I haven't put my timeline on there. I should have had the timeline here, okay? But if you can imagine now, the cross is in the middle, Old Testament, New Testament. The book of Acts is a pro trans trans uh, progression book, Okay. Moving away, further away, we come now to Romans, to Philippians, where Paul now wrote, and now it is set in stone how we as the church receive the Spirit. 
he writes to Ephesians. I've only got three verses, and then we'll pray. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. And there are many verses, by the way. I've only cut it down because I've given you a lot. It's a lot of download today, isn't it, Robin? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. He says to them, In Him, who's the Him? You also trusted. See that? Something happened. In Him you trusted, and after you heard the word of truth. So when did you trust in Jesus? After you've heard the word of truth. What is the word of truth? The gospel. The gospel. So you can't have it, you, you, you can't trust in something if you haven't heard the word of truth. If you haven't, listen to me, brother and sister, sir, madam, if you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, all that I've preached today is nothing to you. You have to listen to the gospel of Christ, accept Him as your Lord and Savior, trust in Him. It, Amen. He says, after you've heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. I love these words. The word of truth, you've trusted in it, and that is the gospel of your salvation. In whom also, now have a look at this, there's our word again, having, everybody say the word. Believe. Having believed, you were what? You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Hallelujah! <laughs> Praise the Lord. So here's the question. When do we receive the Holy Spirit? When you are born again. The moment that Jesus Christ come and save your soul, He gives you the Holy Spirit to come in you and live in you forever. I mean, to, to preach something different to you, I have to twist these scriptures. I have to pull them out of context. He says it. Let me say, uh, I love this. I'm going to just say it again, okay? I'm not going to ask your permission. Listen to this. He says, in Him you also trusted, after you've heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of your inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, the praise of His glory. And somebody shout hallelujah before I do it again. We were sealed by the Spirit the moment that He set us free from our sin. And what does the word seal mean? I guess it means sealed. You can't come in and out. Okay? So here is the key. We trusted, we believed, we were sealed, and we are guaranteed to our inheritance. Again, Paul, this is now set. It doesn't change. This is now for Jew and Gentile. From here on, it's from do and Gentile. Even if the Jews now come and trust in Jesus Christ, how are they going to receive the Holy Spirit? The same way than we. We are grafted into the olive tree, but they learn of us now how the Spirit is poured out on us. How wonderful is that? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Paul writes to Corinthians, he says, For as the body is one, and as many members, he's now talking about the church, okay, the true church of Christ, not the false church. He says, but all the members of one body being many are one, so also is Christ. Now, pay attention. Verse 13. For by one, what? Spirit. For by one spirit we were all baptized into what? One body. Praise the Lord. Whether you are Jew or Gentile, you see, this is what I say, the Jews is the same today. Whether slaves or free and have all been made to drink into one spirit. This explains, this confirms Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 that we are sealed into the body of Christ. 
So when you are baptized in the body, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is this now to run around like monkeys or to sail like a snake and to do all of these rubbish which they say that Toronto or all of these things do? No, the one and only reason you are baptized in the Holy Spirit is to baptize you into the body of Christ. Now, listen to me. You do get filling of the Holy Spirit which strengthens you, which is the parakletos which helps you and you can grieve Him and you can quench him. Why would you want to do that? Silly. But here it is. Here it is right there. The key here is that we are baptized into one body. One body. One more verse. Two. Two verses. Romans chapter 8. Again, now he writes to the Romans. Again, Paul. See? It's set now. It's not acts anymore. He didn't do it with Jews, with breathing on them. Didn't say to them you had to be water baptized. Didn't lay on hands. I read nowhere, nowhere now that Paul says you will receive it by the laying on of hands. No, he says all these things happen by the grace of God when he saves us. Romans 8, 8. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. It's true. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Wait a minute. I've had a man come to me once, a man, he had a troubled time in his life. He wanted to walk in the Spirit, he just don't know how to do it. And he tried so hard. Until I explained to him, listen to me, you are body, soul, and spirit. Body, Paul says, oh wretched man that I am, it's a body of sin. Have you noticed? You will still get in your flesh the cravings of the world. You will still get them, although you are saved. Because the world is against you. And your flesh is against you. The cravings for sin will still come in your body. But what has been made new? The soul and the Holy Spirit that came into your life, those two were sealed. This is what he's pointing towards. You see, he says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. You can say, but wait a minute, you're still standing in your body, the flesh. Yes, but the, the one that's sealed is inside of you. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. You see, I just took one minute to explain just what the Bible says in one verse. He says it right there. He says, you in the Spirit, indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. What do you need to do to walk in the Spirit? What do you need to do? You need to let the Spirit of God dwell in you. How do you do that? By being a really nice Christian, coming to church early, by saying all of your prayers, by reading your Bible? Is that how you walk in the Spirit? No, those are things that, that enhance, that strengthens you, that, that change you into the image of the Son. No, no, those are all, you, you, you know, that's works after the cross. But how do you walk in the Spirit? You repent, you believe, you trust in the Gospel, and He will put the Spirit of God inside of you. It's a gift of God. How do you walk in the Spirit? That's how. No works involved. I mean, that will shake a few people's theology again. <laughs> That's a sermon on its own. I, I, it's dangerous for me just to throw them out there because, oh, this man believes in all of them now. Let's just continue on. He says it here. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. If you do not have the Spirit, you are not his. And if, if, and if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also live in your mortal bodies through Spirit who dwells in you. We sing that song, don't we? If the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, dwell in you. You know that song? Right, let's finish this morning. I hope it made sense what I preached this morning. John chapter 3 verse 5. Jesus confirms this. Jesus answered to them, He says, Moses, really I say to you, unless one is born of water and what? The Spirit. Unless one is born of water and the Spirit. This is all that we set up here. This is all these scripture verses, Ephesians 1, 13, 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 12. Unless this, the Spirit is in you, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Let me give you one more verse. 
I see two, but that was on the board. I can't help myself. Can't help myself. But let me just read this for you, and, and somebody can call my beautiful wife, and we'll sing. And, and I think I've, I've preached myself out now. Just listen to this. John chapter 1, verse 12. And again, this is one of those verses that you need to underline in your Bible, but more than that, you need to learn this like a parrot off by heart. Okay? He says, let me read from verse 10. John, 1, 10, uh, John 10, chapter 1, verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. This talks about Jesus. He came to his own, the Jews, and his own did not receive him. But, what does that mean? Sharp contrast. As many as received him, as many as received him, he gave the right to become sons of God to those who believe in His name. Now, you can say, but there's a lot of people who say, I believe in Jesus Christ, they just mention His name. No, no, no. Listen to the next verse. I'm going to read verse 12 again, and then I'm going to go to verse 13. But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become sons of God to those who believe in His name, who were born, not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. But of God. Brother and sister, you receive the Holy Spirit. When God saves your soul, you are born from above. He comes, He gives you the Holy Spirit. It's not through, it's not through water baptism. You don't receive the... It's not, you know, get, come, everybody come, let me lay hands on you. It's not coming up here and I take off my jacket and I sway it over you and people fall over. It is not by blowing over the crowd. I don't want you to, to, to smell my breath. Come on. Uh, it's not those things. Now, now I, I put a disclaimer at the start and I'll put it here now as, as well. I'm not God. I'm not to proclaim to be God. God can, can fill people the way that He wants to fill them. I know there's people who's got experience. I've got experience myself. If you've got an experience that happened to you and you say, preacher, but explain the experience to me, I can't. Only God can. But I can give you the scripture verses this morning. That's what I can do. And I will not go down the act of trying to play God, bring people up here and try to force them to get the Holy Spirit. That I can't do. And that I will not do. But I'm not God. So if God decides, in a country, in a certain place, that he wants to pour out the Spirit in a different way. He will not break his word. He will do it by one of these six ways, by all means. But for you and for me to understand the word of God, we receive the Holy Spirit when he comes and save your soul. Selah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we worship you this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your word, which is... Uh, powerful, it's living, it's mighty, Lord. Your word is mighty. It's strong, Father, and the, Bi and the Bible says your word will not change. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, Lord.